You're listening to the Pocket Coven Podcast, where we explore the magical and mystical and where they intersect with the wide world of mental health. I'm Amber Lenore, a pagan creative arts therapist. And I'm Callie Little, a pagan emotional support witch and artist. We invite you to listen, connect, and deepen your relationship's magic. And to yourself. We're the coven in your pocket. Hello and welcome to the Pocket Coven Podcast. Amber here with a quick note and a brief message for the collective before we begin the episode. This episode, similar to the previous episode, was recorded over Ostara weekend. That was the spring equinox when Callie and I were on retreat together at Earth Sanctuary on Whidbey Island. Have you looked up Earth Sanctuary yet? Because if you haven't, you probably ought to. Very cool stuff. I also just want to make a statement to anyone who is feeling a lot. Gosh, how do I even say this? The world is really stressful right now. I think that's what I want to say. Feeling a lot. Of course you're feeling a lot. Everyone's feeling a lot. A lot of parents listen to this podcast. A lot of people who love kids listen to this podcast. A lot of people who love the planet listen to this podcast. A lot of people who love the folks in their life who have a uterus listen to this podcast. The world is so scary. And also the world is always so scary. We are just so much more aware of it. And yes, things do particularly seem intense right now, and they particularly are. This is your reminder to lean on your spiritual practice. There is not a lot of reason or logic or sense even to make of recent events in our collective experience. Our spiritual practice is what we reach for when we have nothing else. The thresholds of life and death ask us to turn to our spiritual practice. It is a refuge from stress. It is a place to bring pain and it is a valuable connection point to other people. When you are present with your pain, you increase your ability to be present with the pain of others. And there's a lot of fucking pain in the world right now, isn't there? So please be with your pain, tend to it lovingly and compassionately. And I hope you enjoy me and Callie's exploration of intuition, which is a hell of a topic, difficult to talk about, just like grief. Hello, and welcome to day three. Yeah, day three of our retreat, where we're going to be talking about intuition. But first, let's catch you up to what's been happening. Amber, what is the very first thing that comes to mind about our trip so far? First, first moment. Frogs, eagles, just lots of animals. Nice. Uh, I think... For me, yeah, eagles. Also, I, I cannot, I, I can't shake all the crabs. I mean, literally, I have no crabs attached to me, but 
We have had so many crabs. Yeah, we went to the beach and we got a bunch of really beautiful shells, really deep moon shells, and then we brought them back to where we're staying and everything was full of very tiny crabs. And it was cute and also gross at the same time. So, I mean, that's magical, right? (laughs) I thought I was just rinsing sand off of our shells. And then one little tiny crab came out. And I was like, oh, my God, Amber, there's another crab. And we got it out. And then I saw another tiny one. And I was like, oh, there's a tiny one. And then as I set the shell down, a pretty big one crawled out. And I screamed. And Amber came and mommed the situation and... They have a nice little home in a bowl with a bunch of other shells, and they're they're going to be happy until we get to take them home. We're just having sleepover with crabs tonight. Yeah, we're going to return them to the ocean tomorrow on um, the equinox. Yeah, yeah, the very traditional returning of the crabs <laughs> to the oceans of the veils of intuition. What if every Astara we started kidnapping sea creatures just for a night? I don't want to do that. I mean... (laughs) Don't come at me, Peta. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, we're going to return them. It's going to be great and very ceremonial. It was a mistake. We learned to really rinse our shells in the ocean before we take them home. Yeah. Yeah. We also saw a coyote. So many eagles. Like a flock of five eagles Mm -hmm. overhead while I was knee deep in mud grabbing snails. (laughs) (laughs) Snail shells. (laughs) And I mean, we saw the minute we got off the ferry, there was an eagle overhead. We saw a sign that just said eagles. Yeah. Yeah. They've been a little aggressive. A little heavy handed with the correspondences today. And also, this is what we get, and this is what we come for. That's true. I want to be hit over the head with the universe's message. Oh, yeah, and then we saw that eagle when we were soaking also. We did. We were at a spa and um, just, like, really luxuriating in this really hot water and then opened a window, and there was an eagle flying outside. And I was like, okay. So we spent a good amount of time in the car uh, while Callie read me different passages about eagles. (laughs) 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 you know uh i have chosen not to renew my license as a 30 something um because it gives me so much anxiety and therefore that means i have to be a really good passenger and that means you know cool stuff comes up i'm researching i'm reading to you i'm keeping you entertained i will open the straw for your soda from the drive-through you know Yeah, it's a nice division of labor when you're with friends for the passenger to not just be like chauffeured, but to be active in the driving process. Exactly. Basically, we're the host, you know. Right, right. I mean, your car, but. It's just like a little tiny house that we take to do our little adventures. But what does all of this have to do with intuition, Callie? I know. I was like, we got to get to it. because All right. I mean, we got got crabs here. We got (laughs) driving (laughs) instructions. I think it's all highly relevant, though. I do. I mean, I agree because we're talking about noticing correspondences and we're talking about that energetic hit that we get when we see these things. Right. Like how did we have the occasion to see so much cool stuff today? We followed our intuition a lot all day long. That's true. Mm -hmm. You know, when we found a parking spot and it was the only one we could find and it said specifically that it was for the antique mall, we were like, well, I guess we're going to the antique mall. (laughs) 
I found a cool old key. So. You did. You did. Uh, or, or when, you know, I was looking at the coastline and I was like, mm, I think I'm supposed to be looking up at the trees. So I'm just going to stand here and just look for a while. And then we saw five eagles and it was really, really beautiful. Yeah. So to open us up really to our episode about intuition, I thought I would read you a passage from dad himself, Carl Jung. In Man and His Symbols, Jung writes, imagination and intuition are vital to our understanding. And though the usual popular opinion is that they are chiefly valuable to poets and artists, that in sensible matters one should mistrust them, they are in fact equally vital in all higher grades of science. Here they play an increasingly important role, which supplements that of the rational intellect and its application to a specific problem. Even physics, the strictest of all applied sciences, depends to an astonishing degree upon intuition. It works by way of the unconscious, although it is possible to demonstrate afterward the logical procedures that could have led to the same result as intuition. So I think that that's saying you will subconsciously notice patterns you will get those little hits that make you say, oh, maybe I should look up at the trees. And we see a bunch of eagles. You know, we could say, okay, I probably, as a predator, right, I probably heard something. Like, I probably didn't really notice that I heard it, but maybe I noticed, like, the tiniest shadow or I heard the tiniest sound. And I thought, oh, I should look up there, not thinking, oh, there must be an eagle. That could make sense. We could rationalize things, and there's nothing wrong with that. Intuition, however, is saying regardless of that, maybe it's just valuable to experience that magic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's personal meaning, right, attached to intuition. I mean, how would you define intuition? What do you think it is? That's a really good question. How would I define intuition? I think intuition is the sense of the subconscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Subconscious being an emotional level, something underneath cognition, something underneath reason or logic or the idea of objective truth. It's a subjective truth. So by definition, it is undefinable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, as human beings, we tend to reject things that are undefinable. We really like to be able to understand things. Well, yeah. I mean, an intuition is more about understanding ourselves. So it becomes very difficult to understand. I get a lot of questions in my practice about the difference between anxiety and intuition. And my go-to is like, well, anxiety is really loud and intuition is much more still and quiet and you have to build a relationship with it. So can you think of any example of a time when you just heard an impulse within you, right? That was just really still and clear. And then you knew something, you, you know, you knew you were going to have a, a boy child or a girl child, or you knew that you were going to get that job, or you just knew that there was a problem. Like, the other night I woke up in a panic because 
my daughter hadn't texted me to let me know that she was home and she hadn't come home. And I didn't know if it was because, you know, she was at her boyfriend's house. Who knows? She's a big kid. She could be anywhere. And that's kind of part of the problem. And I, you know, I like to keep track of her. And it was 3.33 a.m. in the morning. And I was just picking up my phone to call her. And she texted me, I'm over at my boyfriend's house. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of synchronistic things I think are part of intuition and then we sort of get into like psychic ability and Mm -hmm. I think that intuition can get really confusing for people particularly because of that it's like well I don't identify as psychic I'm like well it's it's not quite that it's almost Mm -hmm. like like spooky supernatural vibes meets feelings (laughs) I feel yeah I mean I think that a lot of it is pattern recognition um and also think on a much more woo level that the whole universe is, you know, going off all the time. It's singing its songs and we might not be able to understand what we're experiencing as far as that sense goes, but it's still there. And I, I can't really, you know, prove that point personally, but it is how I feel about it. And being able to tap into trust of that feeling. I mean, it has led to a lot of really, I don't know, fortuitous experiences. You know, I think that it could even be tied to stuff as simple as like, you know, today when we were beachcombing, just following the path that our feet wanted to take. Cause it's not like you plan like a specific route to find shells, you know? No, they're everywhere. There's fucking shells all over the place. <laughs> you know, It's like, I know what kind of shells I would like to find. So I'm going to use my intuition and my eyes and my sense to try to find them. And mm-hmm. if I don't find them, that doesn't mean that my intuition's like bad or something. But the more that I practice that, the more I do find things that I'm looking for, especially in the natural world. And also in other planes of existence, you know, my own self-understanding. Well, I think this might be what I need. Like, I feel like intuition is a place where I can understand what I'm needing at any given moment. It can be less supernatural and more emotional self-awareness. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, because of course we want to talk specifically, like, what does this have to do with witchcraft? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think that so much of witchcraft is really about going feral (laughs) as you recently taught me um because I misunderstood the definition of feral I love the idea of being feral that's my whole thing right now I'm really into it wild is born into your natural environment and attuned with it so a wolf born in the woods to another pack of wolves for instance Feral is an animal that has been born into captivity or taken out of its environment and domesticated and then has now returned back to its environment. So goats and cats are a really good example of animals that easily go feral. So if you have an outdoor cat, you kind of need to keep tabs on them, right? Because they might just go go wild again. They might be rewild is another way to put it. And being feral is much more, I think as a human way of being is at least for me about not adhering to what my logical brain thinks I should be doing all of the time because my logic has been formed by difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. So my logic for things is not always 
a great predictor. Like, oh, I need to protect myself from like the person that I love. That's that that can be like a logic based on my experiences, but my intuition, my emotional body, if you will, will say like, oh no, but I feel so safe. I love this person so much. Can I just be like vulnerable with them? Like that's something you and I do. That's an act of intuition and and of being feral, of being kind of hyper emotional, which is not a very domesticated way to be. Like mm-hmm. just being like all crying out at the grocery store or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's very animalistic for, for me at least. Yeah. I think, you know, something that, you know, we've been talking about so much of this for like three days straight. Um, so I know one of the things you're talking about is actively feeling rather than being triggered into anxiety and upset. That's what you're talking about with like being extremely emotional. Yeah. Cause I am extremely emotional. I observe most people to be extremely emotional. And then I think that we go through this domestication process in our culture, especially in Western societies and under capitalism. There I go again. I'm never going to stop saying that by the way. Um, where we're removed from intuition. So like to such an extreme degree that I'll see someone like I'm working with fidgeting because that's what their body wants to do intuitively to calm them down. And then they feel embarrassed and like, I want you to be however you need to be in this space. I want you to follow your body's wisdom. I want you to follow your emotions wisdom. I want you to you know, if, even if you have a fear about our relationship that you don't think makes sense, I want you to check on it. That's just a very different way to be. Our culture isn't really about, you know, relating in, um, intuitive ways in the moment, in the moment, in vivo, as we say in drama therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I am remembering, um, the biggest mushroom trip that I have had, I was very intuitive about following that. You know, every time I had a curiosity, like, ooh, I wonder what it would be like to walk through my basement in the dark. I did it, and I just found so many, like, delightful and wild experiences. One of the things I did was go in the shower because I was I was very fungus. And I went in the shower and I just had the desire to stretch my body kind of up one of the walls and to stretch my mouth out really big and to stick my tongue out. And I thought, wow, if anybody saw me, I would just look bananas right now. And I felt like I'm a cow. I am a plain animal. (laughs) Just normal stuff. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm just shape shifting. It's no big deal. Uh, And also a lot of the movement I was doing, I was like, wow, like I look really classically autistic right now. And ever since my diagnosis, I have noticed that I let myself be more intuitive with my movement. I don't worry so much about doing like the quote right thing. Um, because so much of my socialization was learning how to mask. And while I will promise my interactions are very genuine, um, there is just that layer of the self that we present to the world, you know, and it's so informed by the society we're in and how 
how we learn it's okay to be. Because if it's not okay to be how we are, then we're not safe. Going against intuition can be the only way to be safe. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if I had always been following my intuition, I don't think I would have gotten this far in my life. So we also don't live in a safe world, especially for women and children and trans folks and queer folks and black folks. And I could just go on for many, many kinds of folks uh, following just our intuitive desires is not possible. Right. We've made a world that doesn't allow for wildness. Right. No, it doesn't really. No. So how does a domesticated human witch... Go feral. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or at least access a sense of intuition. Like how do you help people get there when you're guiding? Mm. Well, if we're working on intuition, I will first ask people if they know what their intuition feels like. And quite a lot of people don't. Um, I did not until maybe five years ago. And the way that I learned, it's so accessible, so easy to do just by yourself Uh, what I always recommend is any coin decide which side is yes and which side is no. I mean, you can ask the coin if you want, but if you don't feel like you have intuition, like, I don't know really how you get that answer. So I would say decide which side is yes and which is no. And then you want to be asking yourself slash the coin answers or questions that you know the answer to like my name is Callie and you flip the coin it doesn't matter what it lands on you're not divining right now what you're seeing is whether it's correct or incorrect and whichever one it is you want to notice where you feel that in your body and you want to keep doing that until you get enough clear responses for both answers that you can identify the sensation of correct Mm -hmm. in your body Mm -hmm. and for me Honestly, like it is in my reproductive organs that I feel my intuition the most. That is if I can feel something basically in my womb. Right in the ute. Yeah. Like if I feel like a little like pulse of my uterus and not like in a painful way, it's just like this awareness. I'm like, okay, that's a yes. Sometimes it also is paired with just the slightest. It's almost like a ghost of nausea or a rush up my cheeks like when you eat sour candy. Hmm. Um, sometimes it's a stinging behind my eyes like crying. And if I'm doing divination for somebody, I'll say, oh, like I'm getting the feeling of crying. So I think this might be a really intense emotional experience for you. I'm getting a sick feeling. I think this might be something you're really scared of or that might feel really grotesque and ugly to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that no to me feels like my chest being hollowed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it feels so different for everybody. Like, what does your intuition feel like? Yeah. I mean, my intuition for my own self-understanding feels different than my intuition for other people. Mm. There are different things for me. My intuition is is very... Um, I have a relationship with my anxious part, my depressed part, and my intuitive part pretty well. Like, maybe my longest-term archetypal work and my intuitive self is very still 
but not as still as my depressed self. My depressed self sort of lays down. My intuitive self stands up very straight and feels very still. Mm -hmm. So I'll like feel the impulse to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, My anxious self wants to move. And so I just let her move around. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, right before we were were coming to record, I was just doing strange organizing of my books, whatever. I was just burning (laughs) off steam or what have you. But my intuitive voice is just much quieter, you know, like Jessica Lineato says that, like, oh, anxiety yells and intuition just kind of speaks. It's very clear, though. It has a very, very strong hand, too. For a moment, I thought you were saying that your intuition sounds like Jessica Lineato. <laughs> no, she's a triple Capricorn. My intuition <laughs> isn't a triple Capricorn. But I wouldn't mind if it did sound like her. <laughs> so it's it's a feeling. If it were a color, it would be kind of gray and blue. You know, it's just, it's this like synesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had different moments of like extreme clarity where it was like, go to this beach. I was like, okay. And then met someone that I had like a passionate affair with. That's happened. Or um, my, my intuitive hit around Olivia's father. That was mm-hmm. a big thing. I mean, so I've had those like big, like lightning bolt intuition moments for myself, but most of the time it's just this really still knowing that's like very wise. And for other people, kind of like what you were saying, I notice my symptoms. I notice what I feel towards them. Mm-hmm. And then I know that they feel that towards themselves. Someone who I'm feeling anxious with in session, I know that they're feeling a lot of anxiety. If I start Mm -hmm. feeling like I need to solve their problem, I know that they're rushing to solve their own problem. And then I slow us both down. Whatever feeling my client is having will amplify in me. And so then, you know, there's some feelings that I want to amplify with them, like a feeling of excitement or passion or love or forward momentum. And there's other feelings I want to temper and like basically present them with a disparity. So Mm. like someone who's telling me something really traumatic and laughing, which happens a lot just as a nervous system response. I don't laugh with them about that. Right. I like, I'm trying to bring them down because they're not, laughing from a place of intuition they're laughing out of fear and the adrenaline and so I'm like mm. trying to like bring them down into their body so they can feel intuitive about what they need yeah <laughs> am I doing a good job of answering that question <laughs> I think so I mean I'm trying I well I mean I've had so many thoughts I'll respond to the last one first which is it's hilarious hearing you talk about you know, your therapy practice, obviously I don't know what you're actually like as a therapist. While I do get the benefits of you being a therapist in some ways in our relationship, you're not my therapist. So I don't, I'm a very different therapist than friend. Yeah. Extremely different. Yeah. I was just thinking like, (laughs) oh my God, we joke so much about our trauma. (laughs) Yeah. But also we're family and like, it is part of, it's, it's part of our bonding and like, of course, experiencing those things, experiencing anxiety and and responding to it, that is also part of intuition for sure. Like following that, letting it process with a safe person. It would not be the same if we were, you know, joking about our trauma with our abusers. Oh, no. Yeah. No, we have a safe and loving connection and that's fine. You know, it's not that there's wrong ways to approach trauma. It's just that my job as a therapist is to mend that and not be their friend. Yeah. And if I was being their friend, I would be laughing with them. <laughs> but I'm yeah. but I'm not their friend. <laughs> so yeah. we were there to do something else. Yeah. 
the the other things that I was thinking are, you know, I was picturing basically uh, archetypes and characters as you were describing your different emotions and your description of depression. I was like, oh, the depression cat from Big Mouth. It's my favorite thing to bring into sessions, honestly, with my clients. It's like, have you seen Big Mouth? And most people are like, yes. I'm like, it's like the depression cat, you know, telling the difference between, I'm, I'm sure I've said this, this is something I say all the time, you know, the difference between the voice of self-care and the voice of depression um, mm-hmm. or the voice of intuition. I'm less interested in intuition for psychic stuff. Like, I feel like if something psychic happens cool but I just want to know how I feel or what I need at any given moment and that to me is hard enough well I think the image that I'm getting for intuition as described by you and as echoed in me is grandmother tree from Pocahontas the Disney film yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that tracks and like I you know yes Disney is doing a lot of bullshit right now and obviously capitalism and everything. I'm just talking about this one character, y'all. And yeah, psychic. What is, okay. What is the difference between psychic intuition and being an empath? You always say it like that or clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's clairaudience and Mm -hmm. clairsentience, I think is one of them. You know, there are all these clairs, all these senses. We can feel intuition in a lot of ways. I think that, you know, I'm not at all an expert on intuition or being psychic. I definitely wouldn't describe myself as a psychic um, or medium, though I've met people who do that work and are incredible, and I, I don't understand it. And we should absolutely interview one of them. So we will. We'll just put that as a little – we'll just put a pin in that, you know, yeah. for the future. But absolutely. intuition, I feel like, is we have more uh, more time with. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things you said was when you're with somebody who's experiencing a lot of anxiety, you're going to feel that anxiety with them. And I think that that is intuition, and I think that that is – being an empath, AKA experiencing empathy, you know, it's just a human thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I'm going to share a slightly spicy, maybe like mild Pico de Gallo thought. Um, I think that the idea that like I'm an empath and therefore like, I can't be around people with bad energy. I can't be around that at all. Like I understand having, that boundary. But I also think that it, that is a signal that like, sure, maybe you need to remove yourself from the situation, but also we need to work on that boundary, firming it up, that energetic boundary, because again, you know, I mean, our last episode we recorded was all about boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you're hanging out with someone and their vibes are just rank, you know, and they suck and they're just not, (laughs) they're not fun to hang out with and they bring you a bunch of bullshit. You don't need your intuition necessarily to know that. (laughs) But, but, but I think that sometimes like inside of relationships that can get really dicey You know, our friends just going through a hard time or whatever. And we're not really, you know, feeling connected to them and we might want to cut off from them. And that's, you know, totally understandable. And it's hard to know where the line is like when Mm -hmm. it's time for you to back out that is a matter of your intuition I do think yeah 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 Yeah. and one of the things that I talk to my therapist about you know am I 
assessing this situation correctly, that this is just not a relationship for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because as somebody who lives with anxiety, sometimes it can be really hard to tell the difference between those screaming thoughts and the whispering thoughts. Sometimes it's just noise. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes my brain feels like a dog on a chain, just like constant barking and just really, really loud. And I think that's where we can come back into intuition by slowing down, by really, really, really slowing down, which is something I say all the time. It's a very therapist thing to say. It's because self-awareness is a place where you can access intuition. How am I feeling right now? What am I needing right now? What do I want from this person? What do I want from this situation? How do I want to move forward? It's pretty hard to know what you need and what direction you want to take when you're really, really busy. Mm -hmm. And I know that not everyone has the luxury of not being busy, especially if you have a shitload of kids, like you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just booking it. And also I know plenty of people, plenty of people in my life just make a lot of busyness, you know, which is fine. But when it's blocking your intuition Mm -hmm. and blocking your self-awareness, well then what's going on? Right. So I think, you know, of course, like we said, therapy, but also this is a place where you can use divination tools. You can use tarot cards and ask them, mm-hmm. where am I imbalanced right now? Mm-hmm. Because I can't feel myself. Yeah. I think tarot is like a, a wonderful doorway to accessing intuition because mm-hmm. those cards don't talk to you. You have to divine with them. You have to make sense of what they're telling you. And no one else outside of you, even another tarot reader, can tell you what they mean to you. I mean, I guess, yeah, you can pay a tarot reader to do that. But still, I think that any tarot reader worth a damn is going to be working with you and your intuition and not just telling you like, oh, no, this means this and you need to go. You just need to go without it. No, I know you don't want to and you don't think you should, but just do it. Just become a lawyer, you know, or whatever. Like I had a therapist tell me that one time. I like had one session with this woman and she was, I wanted to be a therapist. And she was like, no, you want to make a difference? Become a lawyer. (laughs) It was like, I don't can we talk about my mental health? And she's like, let's talk about you being a lawyer. (laughs) You're like, I think you shouldn't be a therapist. I don't think you're listening to your (laughs) intuition. I'm really uncomfortable right now. Can you please fucking stop? I'm sorry. I got off a a soft track. I don't know what we were talking about. You know what? You were following your intuition about where this episode needed to go. (laughs) Thank you. This is a very intuitive episode. It is. You can hear it in our voices. How exhausted we are. Yeah. We've, we've been partying pretty hard. Yeah. By partying, Amber means we, (laughs) let's see, we hot tubbed. Um, we walked on the beach very slowly. (laughs) Uh huh. We went to a bookstore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we ate some chicken nuggets in the car, you know, like really been, wild shit. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if we should put this on the podcast, Amber. I, mean, I just don't know what people will think of me <laughs> sitting down and eating a macaroon, you know? But, I mean, our, our intuition... You know, we booked this weekend sort of kind of like five months ago. Yeah, we were going to host a retreat here. I think that people have asked about that, P.S., and we decided not to because of COVID. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, 
overwhelm with our, our oh, yeah, respective absolutely. jobs and lives. Yes. We do really want to host a retreat someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did book this place for it. And then, you know, we were just, we actually had to reschedule because of this like blizzard or something. And, and then we were sitting with it and talking about like, okay, are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? And I actually said, usually it's Amber. That's like, let's tone it down. Mm Y'all. I said, what if we just made it into a work retreat? We just recorded episodes instead of hosting people. Yeah. And this is not at all how we would generally do a weekend away, but this is also a longer trip than we're used to. And we really wanted to get some work made Mm -hmm. and we wanted to spend time with our podcast because energy is such potent currency. Yeah. Yeah. Investment. It is investment. And we could have pushed the envelope and had a retreat and had people out. And it would have been great. I don't would have been exhausting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it would have been because my, my intuition was like, no, this is not the time. And it being great relies upon both of us being a fountain for other people. I am not a fountain. I am a stream at best (laughs) right now, of course. Right. So, so it's like stream level. And, and again, that is about trusting yourself. We're also talking about self-trust. Yeah. And and honoring yourself. And honoring yourself. And intuition isn't anything that anyone can ever validate. And yeah. those of us that need to feel valid and need to feel validated, like it's tempting to want to feel validated in the choice to choose to do this weekend this way instead of the other way. But uh, I, it's easy for me to validate at this point in my life because I've yeah. been practicing because I feel mm-hmm. just more valid whole holistically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for those of us who are maybe just getting out of a chronically invalidating situation, I think yeah. that intuition is incredibly difficult to access. Yeah. And I noticed that, I don't know, I, you know, I see people get confused about what they're perceiving and I can't tell them if they're perceiving their intuition or any other impulse. Mm-hmm. And there's these moments I watch folks go through where they're like, I thought it was my intuition. I was wrong. Or I thought mm-hmm. I could trust my intuition and I, and I got, like, it did not go the way I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like my intuition has betrayed me, mm. which is just uh, such a hard feeling, you know? Yeah. I mean, and there's also, <laughs> just today, one of the things that we were talking about was that I realized I had never told you the story of how I ended up with my, you know, biggest deal ex. Because you and I met, at the point in time that I broke up with him and he was, you know, in no way a bad guy. He just wasn't the right partner for me. But the situation that led to us dating was so funny and weird. And I would not have ended up dating him if that situation happened now. And I was telling you like, wow, that was such a weird relationship for me to be in. But you know, it led to this life that I love. I would never have ended up in this life if I hadn't been totally in love with that person. And so back then I would have been like, wow, my intuition was so off. I really thought that this was going to be it. I really thought that this was going to be the one. And I could have felt so invalidated by that. I could have felt like I really trusted the wrong thing, but instead, like I love my life so much. 
and overall eagle's eye view. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Correspondence. It was exactly what I needed to do. My intuition led me to the right place. You know, you got a point there. Intuition is often hindsight. We see yeah. what it was doing or we make sense of it, you know, in whatever way we need to. Mm-hmm. But often I do see it working. I mean, I am, I feel like my life has been much more charmed than the life of maybe my mother before me and the mother before her, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't mean that I've had you know, not had struggles. I obviously have, and I've shared them extensively here. Um, (laughs) But just to say I've experienced a lot of pleasure and eroticism and beauty and magic in my life that isn't always available to all people. And I did obtain that by following my intuition. And my intuition also brought me to places of extreme suffering because your intuition, I don't think is like, I just want this really good thing to happen and I'm going to find this like right answer within in me and I'm going to divine it and I'm just going to get this thing. Sometimes my intuition led me to do things that hurt me, but because I was learning something and that was important or because I was going through a life cycle. I just don't think that intuition is this protection against harm or suffering. I feel like it gets held up as like just this way to feel good. If you follow your intuition, you never have to feel anything bad. Oh, I love that you said that because even <laughs> like I, I still think of it that way a lot of the time. Like if I follow my intuition, I'm going to get what I perceive to be the most favorable outcome. Exactly. And mm, no, life is not about favorable outcomes. Life is about experiencing. Yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah. My intuition has led me to have collaborations or relationships that didn't work out because relationships are fucking messy and most of them don't work out. And that's just part of human existence. That doesn't mean that my intuition was incorrect. If, if an outcome is not as favorable as I thought it should be, that does not mean I was not intuitive about it. Right. You know, and it's right. You knew you needed that filter or that process or that growing, or Mm -hmm. I was working through something that was important. Mm especially when we're expressing like pain from the past and the current Mm. time, it's helping us rewrite stories and that can be really difficult too. You know, there was this retreat that I went on a few years ago and I was in this meditation class and I was having this great visual meditation. I was so in it. And when we came out of it, we're having this little, you know, Q&A after with the teacher. And I had had this thought, like, I'm kind of afraid of going too deep in this because what if I grow so much that my marriage doesn't work anymore? But I didn't ask that question because I was just so afraid of it. I was barely willing to acknowledge it. Like, I was acknowledging it, but it was, I made it be so quiet. And this woman raises her hand and she's like in tears. And she says, I just am so afraid that if I keep this up, I'm going to outgrow my husband. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. So universal fear. He's going to take my thunder, you know, in this group process. But (laughs) all right. (laughs) I, I mean, thank goodness this person asked because the teacher said, it makes sense that you'd be afraid of that because that might happen. Exactly. And... If that happens, it wasn't the right relationship for you anymore. 
Right. There's this like surrender that's required with intuition. It, I was so much less afraid. I was still nervous and I did absolutely call my spouse with a little bit of anxiety and I was like, Hey, what are you doing? (laughs) And it turns out that they had been having some really momentous conversations with some loved ones that weekend. So they were doing a bunch of growing too, you know, but what if I hadn't enjoyed my meditation workshop? What if I hadn't even gone out of fear? Then my partner may have outgrown me. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I did it because it felt like what I needed to do and it was so nourishing Mm -hmm. and I had to trust that. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's like, well, I better follow my intuition or figure that out. So I don't fuck up. You're gonna fuck up. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry about that shit. You're gonna fuck up all the time. Just get used (laughs) to that shit. And, um, sometimes your intuition will lead you to fuck up. Yeah. Very profoundly. It's kind of on you to make meaning out of it. Meaning, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it's just something that you have to make. And mm-hmm. intuition, I think, is also about making meaning. I've heard it reflected. I don't want to make the meaning. I want it to happen. I just want it to kind of come to me. Like, I'm sorry. It can't. You have to choose your narrative. You have to say, I, I saw those eagles today because they're telling me something that I needed to hear. Right. And that just gets to be true. And, you know, some fucking asshole can come off the street and be like, wow, that's really stupid. <laughs> I'm like, okay, am I going to let you ruin my life? Really? What, yeah. what harm is that? What, do, do I feel happier? Am I more functional? Mm-hmm. Great. Fuck you, Mr. Guy in a grocery store. I'm fighting with a man in the grocery store right now. I'm, I'm in the meat aisle. A guy walks up to me. I tell him about my eagles. He goes, you know what? You're full of shit. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. These are my fantasies. <laughs> and then he cries and he says, I just really wanted my mom to love me. And I go, you know what? I knew that. My intuition told me. <laughs> Pass me the sausage. I got to go. I'm out of here. <sighs> Goodbye, crying man. <laughs> Enjoy your intuition. Uh, mm, I love this. So how do our listeners access their intuition? How do we help people do that? I would love for people to be able to do that. I also can never tell you if you have, so... There you go. (laughs) It's true because it's intuition. Mm, Yeah. How can you access intuition? So, you know, the practice of identifying where it lives in your body is great. And you uh, like, do not feel like you need to get that answer right away. You get to take time, feel into it. If you are like me and you deal with a lot of dissociation, it might take a few tries and that's okay you are rebuilding those neural pathways. So this is actually an incredibly helpful somatic practice too, is just to notice when you feel something being right or wrong. So once you identify that, I would say, uh, you know, I, I say this in like, I don't know, every episode. Are you going to say subtle energies? <laughs> No, but that has been a message all weekend long. Okay, because I was going to say it. I just don't want you to. I just don't want you to get to it before me. <laughs> got it. Got it. I was going to say pick up a tarot deck. Um, and the way that I tell folks to learn to read tarot is pull a card and see what you think about the symbols in it first. You know, I know that a lot of instruction about tarot says, okay, you shuffle until it feels right. What does right feel like? Well, you're going to learn that by identifying your intuition first, right? So you shuffle until it feels right and you pull a card. And then a lot of the advice is just see what you think of it. 
what the fuck does that mean? I know. Great. Thanks. I, I hate vague <laughs> directions. They're so annoying. So what, what it actually means is look at the card and see what symbols you can see. At first glance, you might see a cup and you're like, cool, it's a cup. Okay, well, what does that cup make you think of? Depending on your deck, that cup might remind you of Game of Thrones. So what about Game of Thrones really stands out to you? Or it might remind you of your favorite coffee shop. So what does that place feel like to you? Or it might remind you of your mom and that could mean a whole lot of stuff. You know, what does that message mean to you? Read into that first. And then look to the guide for that deck or for any deck. And this is not to see if you're right or wrong. It's to expand on your awareness. And when you do that, you will get validation. You will get validation that there are connections because, you know, coincidentally, like everything is connected. So your intuition is just, it's just spot fucking on, you know, (laughs) but how do you play with it? You engage with it. You learn about it. You get curious about it and get to know it like you would anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same, same, same curiosity. I think it's really spending time with your emotions and noticing what your body is doing. And by what I mean by that is how are you sitting? Let's say you're in a conversation with someone and you notice you're slumping forward. Right now I'm slumping forward because I'm trying to reach my microphone. Mm -hmm. There's a practical reason. If I'm feeling kind of shut down with someone, my, my posture will kind of collapse. And I just learned that. And so I learned that somatic cue uh, because it often hits me before my understanding of the situation, like, oh, I'm kind of collapsing here. Or I'll notice that my body wants to move into action very fast. It wants to move around. Mm-hmm. That gives me information about maybe something that might be bothering me or a feeling I might be trying to get away from. Bodies that move really quick and anxiously around spaces, I find that there's an emotion underneath that's trying to express itself. So you really do have to sit and if you have to fidget or use a weighted blanket or whatever and breathe or burn off the energy by taking a walk, that is just a process of getting to know yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is really important as just like a pillar of intuition Mm -hmm. is that you are practicing being an intuitive human being. That means you're attuning and aligning with your needs and your desires and your boundaries as much as you can as much as you can. And the same with your emotionality. How am I really feeling? Even if it's, even if it's uh, separate from how you're presenting, maybe you're at work and you're pretending to be happy, just giving a little nod to the part of you that's like, I can't stand that woman is important to just actually honor the way that you feel. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe people will be able to feel that that's really for them. That's Mm -hmm. okay. I'm not advocating acting out. I'm just, advocating you don't fawn everywhere you go and you know what I mean mm-hmm. into responses that might be more pleasing so that is also where we get into becoming a little feral I think that when you're being intuitive it's not about making everybody happy necessarily oh yeah <laughs> it's mostly not and I I agree with that vehemently as a really struggling recovering people pleaser like I would way rather just make everybody happy than set boundaries. But, you know, I've been working on it for a few years. I mean, hard same. Yeah, it is. It is really hard to go against that built in desire to keep the peace, to make things easy, especially if you grow up in a house where that was 
important to your survival because we are animals, right? And I mean, the literal definition of intuition is that it, it's synonymous with instinct. Well, exactly. That domestication process in your family system. Right. This is how you behave. This is how you relate. This is how you care for yourself or don't. This mm-hmm. is how you operate to be a lovable human being. That's the domestication mm-hmm. that I am speaking to when I'm talking about going feral. Mm-hmm. I no longer believe that what I need to do to be a lovable human being mm-hmm. is to be the person my parents raised me to be, which was angry and afraid. Mm-hmm. Right? Feral Amber, a lot more safe to be kind of nuts, you know? <laughs> Just a little nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, in a very tame way, but mm-hmm. still pretty wild, you know. Mm. Embracing being a weirdo, that's an intuitive practice. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we have a few suggestions for how you can interact with your intuition, I propose to you, Amber. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> will you be my cousin? I do. <laughs> uh, thanks for going along with my dad joke. Um, I propose that we just have a nice little riff session for our Patreon extended cut on going feral. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, all right. If you are interested in learning more about how we get in touch with our feral selves and rewild these domesticated anxiety bodies, you can listen on Patreon where you can also find just about 60 pieces of bonus content. Plus if you join at the book club tier, name is going to be updated soon. You get our special super secret bonus podcast, Self as Myth. And we're going to have a new installment of that really soon. I would say put the brooms up, but I already know they're up, you guys, because my intuition told me. (laughs) But did it tell you that anybody's going to go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts? Um, it might have. Do you want me to see if we have a new review? Since yesterday? Yes, I do. Please. Oh, you know what? There's actually a new review that I didn't read. Um, yeah, there's a few of them. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. I genuinely did not know this. This is my live reaction. Oh, goodness. Okay. So we have a couple reviews that are shorter. One by Painted Novas. Five stars. It says, would recommend... I've binged through 15-ish episodes. I'm gleefully racing through the back episodes. I absolutely love the show. Thank you so much, Painted Novas. Oh, beautiful username. Thank you. Beautiful sentiments. Thank absolutely. You. Then we have Healy185 says, love it. Five stars. I listened to two episodes and I'm hooked. Fun, funny, educational. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the new reviews. We appreciate you. And um, yeah. And we especially appreciate Carly and a witch and a woodsman for being our goddess to your patrons. If you want to join them and get a shout out in every episode, you're welcome to do so. But if you would rather just chat with us and see what we're up to, you can find us on Instagram at Pocket Coven Podcast. Yeah. Thank you.
Thank you.